Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Look at me go. Um, I'm so excited. Just back from the good old doctor, right? Uh, Great news. Uh, My heart looks wonderful and amazing in the echocardiogram. So I'm so excited. So that means no lasting damage. Have to wear a halter monitor again for 30 days, but I'm totally fine with that. I feel so on fire that there's not any lasting damage, it's just electric activity. Um, if you're listening to this on the replay, I'm uh, I love always um, like narrating. I'm pumping my fist in the air in triumph, right? Um, so I'll keep you posted. Of course, you guys will be um, like brought along on what my brain does when it has to wear something for thirty days or has to do something for thirty days because we all have thoughts, right? Oh, this will be hard, but I'm just so grateful. I am sitting in the gratitude that there isn't anything structurally wrong with my heart. It's just electrical. That's such great news, sweet friends. Um, So I feel uh, on fire and positive. How are you all doing? What's up with you guys? I'm just checking in. I just rolled in. I had two two questions this week. Um, Let me read them because I had written them down. I take... Guys, I'm so organized. I keep track of them throughout the week. I need help reframing my thoughts. I don't know how to go from what I'm thinking now to something new. Help! And then this is a question um, about my podcast uh, last week is what is the antidote to shame? Which let me just say, I love I love the idea of like what is the I, I would have like what is the opposite of shame or like what what could it like so beautiful this question so beautiful this idea so I'm so excited to if you have any other questions that you have for me please type them in the comments um, I'm here for you I'm so excited and don't forget next week I feel like a broken record but I I've been thinking about this why it matters to me so much. I am called to serve. And because of that, I choose over and over again to serve. And part of that act of service is giving people the tools to feel better, giving people the tools to reframe their thoughts so that they don't have to sit in emotions of overwhelm and disgust and apathy and shame and all the emotions. Emotions that are necessary for life, emotions that are necessary to feel better on the other side, but they don't have to stay there. And I, after talking to so many people post-pandemic and seeing what the the quarantine and what um, losing loved ones has done to our mental health and also because of this idea that sometimes the inflammation if we get COVID, can happen in our brain. Now, mine decided my heart's not inflamed, but I've got some crazy heartbeats. But so we know that that inflammation can result, and we're seeing so much like mental health 
challenges after COVID, even after having COVID. And so I, so I want you to understand that you are never alone. And if you want tools to feel better, if you want to learn all that I learned, well, not all, let's be clear here, in cognitive behavioral therapy, from mindfulness-based stress reduction, from the tools that I use in my coaching practice, I want you to join us March 1st through the 9th. Um, and I'm just going to be going live to teach you. You can go to jessicastong.com forward slash challenge. Aren't you proud of how I remembered that this week? I am so proud of myself. Um, so please join us. But Without further ado, let's get to those two questions. If you have any other questions, please let me know. I'm checking both the Facebook and the Instagram, um, and I am here for you. So I need help reframing my thoughts. I don't know how to go from what I'm thinking now to something new. And this we hear this so often, sweet friends, is that our brains get stuck thinking the same things over and over again because we understand that how those information superhighways, those neural networks work in our brains. Our brain loves repetition. It loves to just travel along those well-worn paths, those highways. And oftentimes we want to commit to thinking a certain thought. Let's use, I didn't get, this person did not reply back with what thought they wanted to help reframe. But I want to use something that someone asked me yesterday. Um, they said their current thought was, I need to learn more to get started. How many of us, or I need to learn more before I make this decision. I need to learn something before I start my business or before I make a change or before I agree to sign up for a program or coaching members. I'm just saying that as a joke, but not really. So I need to learn more. That's their current thought. And this was in the context of their business, right? I need to learn more before I start something. And I ask, what is underneath that? There is always something deeper than the thought, I need to just learn more. Remember, I love to talk about procrasta planning, procrasta learning. So I want you to look inside. What we do is we evaluate all those thoughts and all those emotions, and we bring them forward to look at them underneath the light of day. Oftentimes, we, we want to keep everything under. We want to keep everything hidden because it's easier to ignore and distract and re, like resist. But the more work we can do to name the thoughts, to name what is underneath the procrasta planning and the procrasta learning, the more we are invited into the fullness of our life and to the fullness of experience and into making a damn decision, right? And so what we are doing in this work is we're saying, why? What's deeper? So I need more to get started. We looked at that and it was, I'm afraid to fail. How many of us are afraid to fail? Oh, right here, right? And so we understand that when we are afraid to fail, deeper than that is that we believe we're not good enough. That right now, we need things to be successful. We need things to go our way. What? So that we can feel better about who we are. 
We don't recognize that we are good enough now. We are worthy now. So we need to control the situation. We need more information, more time, more planning. And really, we have everything we need right now inside of us. So if your current thought is, I need more to get started, and underneath that is, I'm going to fail. Let's just work with that. I, I liken it to, got some hair challenges here. I liken it to the pit of fear, right? That pit of fear that says, I'm going to fail. Well, you guys know I love a good metaphor, and sometimes my metaphors go awry. So just work with me on this. Okay, just, just hear me out. We're, we're workshopping this. I workshopped it last night. We're going to try it again. Oftentimes, we need a way to climb out of a hole. We can't just go running and hope that we get enough inertia to, like, get ourselves out of the hole. We need to climb up a ladder of belief, a ladder of, of, of thought. And so if you are in the hole of I'm going to fail, you want to get out with the thought of like, I know I'm enough. I'm good enough. I got this. But your brain probably can't jump from I'm going to fail. I'm afraid, so afraid of failing to immediate. I got this. Hold my beer. I'm going in. I totally got this. Your brain most likely is going, because of confirmation bias, is going to be like, no, I don't. Absolutely, I do not have this. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm fearful. This is scary. I always say this about parenting. Like, I don't know what to do. This is my parenting journey. And I studied this in graduate school. I guess, I guess, um, I yes, a lot of degrees, right? We have a lot of degrees and we decide that we don't know. And oftentimes we want to just, um, what is it like when you just force your way out of a hole? And for you, the hole might not be, like the deep pit might not be failure. It might be FOMO, fear. It might be fear of missing out. It might be um fear of, of judgment of others. It might be fear of fill in the blank, right? And underneath that is the belief that we are not good enough, that we are not worthy. And so ultimately, our ultimate goal thought, as, as they said, um, how to think something new is to, to have your eye as you're climbing the ladder of belief, you have your eye on that goal, but you're not going to force your brain to go all the way, like zero to 100. You're going to start practicing thoughts that are just above where you're at now to get your brain to practice, and you're going to keep climbing that ladder. So we decided that I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid I'm going to fail could become it's possible I might know enough or just enough. And their brain was like, oh, I love that. That's so good. And they're going to practice that thought again and again and again. And until that thought becomes something that feels right for them, and then they're going to go to the next rung of the ladder. And so when we talk about reframing thoughts, 
we're currently somewhere and we want to get somewhere. We're going to baby step our way to prevent that, that brain's incredible ability to say, shut it down. We are working with our brain instead of against it. Our primitive, the primitive chit chitter chatter, the primitive voice in the back of our brain where is always going to be telling you something. And because of confirmation bias, our brain is always scanning the environment. We want to keep thinking what we've always thought. We want to know that what we are thinking is right, right now. And so if you're challenging your brain far to, to, if you're saying, I'm going to go all in on this new thought, I'm enough, I am worthy, your brain is going to look for reasons that that is untrue. So by understanding your brain and working with your brain, there is beauty and power in that because you understand you can't push your brain too hard. How many of us, just let me get a little hallelujah, I'll just be the first to say, me, me, try to force. I want something to happen. I want my brain to change. So I'm going to force it. I do this with family members who I need to do something. So I'm going to force them into it. And we know that the real change comes not in beating ourselves up, not in force, not with, with that angry determination. I can't think of, it's not determinate. It's like, it's aggression in my life, right? And so we, we don't recognize how we change. We don't recognize how to work with people, with their brains, because if we're forcing someone to change, our brain's going to react against that. Their brain's going to react against it. If we're forcing ourselves to change, guess what's going to happen? That primitive voice is going to scream louder than it's ever screamed before. When we understand that the primitive brain is designed to seek pleasure and avoid pain, what is change? Change is pain in the brain. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But we, we, we get that on our level, but then when I go to get my husband to do something to change, I wanna force, I wanna push him so hard because I want it to happen now. Why? Because I wanna feel better. I don't wanna be annoyed by him, <laughs> right? I do this about where he parks his car. This was my recent one. Like I realize I'm a cognitive behaviorist, right? But still my brain, wants to give me messages of untruths. That's why the work is bringing, taking our thoughts captive, our, our emotions, um, and saying, is this the truth? I'm holding it to the light. Now, I do that in my morning practices, which I'm teaching in the Feel Better Now Challenge. I also do that when I am in a coaching, like I'm getting coached. Because I look and I say, is this the truth for my life right now? Our brains, sweet friends, love to come up with some various untruths. Next week, next Monday and next Tuesday. So Monday, the video goes live. Tuesday, the podcast goes live. And it is about cognitive distortions, right, sweet friends? Of course, I'm a cognitive behaviorist, so I'm going to tell you what CBT has to offer. That there are universal thought errors that occur in 
every one of our brains. Now, some of us are, have go-tos. We're like, oh, I'm so, I'm so good at all or nothing thinking or black and white thinking. How does that look? I decide that I'm gonna launch a new program and it doesn't sell like I think it's gonna sell. I'm, it's the program's bad, I'm done. No one likes what I have to offer. I hear that from so many of my clients. And so I help them bring that thought to light and say, is that true? Is that serving you? And my other favorite question to always ask about the thought is, where is that thought coming from? What does that thought say about your core values? Well, here's the deal. When we look at that thought, we understand that thoughts are not good or bad, they're thoughts. And because we are having that thought, it's showing us that our primitive brain is saying, please, please don't start new things. Don't offer new programs because what happens if it's not good? What happens if it doesn't succeed? And so we understand that we in each moment have a choice in how we respond, how our brains respond. And we can say, is this a thought error? Oh, hallelujah, yes it is. So let me change it. Let me make a new decision. In every moment, in the Courageous Life Society this month, well, in March, we are doing courageous decisions because I believe no one's taught how to make decisions. Of course I believe this, right? Because I'm teaching around it. But I think that we don't understand what our brains do when we make a decision that's hard and we live our whole lives just staying stuck and staying stagnant because it's easier to just keep going with what we've always done than to make a new decision, to make a new choice. And so sweet friends, you know that in every moment you have a choice and it may not feel like that because our thought errors, those cognitive distortions pretend to be real. Who doesn't love or has practiced engaging in black or white thinking, all or nothing thinking? It's the way we were taught. It's the way our brains are wired. So I offer this to you to say, this was 20 minutes of, of talking about, I need to reframe my thoughts. <laughs> I don't know what, how to go from what I'm thinking now to something new. So I, I, I know we can always choose something new. We can always choose a new thought that serves us. At any moment, no matter how long you've been thinking the unhealthy thought or the unhelpful thought or the thought that isn't serving you, always, it is always your choice. So sweet friends, what will you choose today? What will you choose next? the next moment you are confronted with overwhelm, what will you choose? Okay, one more question <laughs> is, what's the antidote to shame? Okay, so we talked about, is it this week's podcast? I Let's be clear here, I pre-record them, so I can't always remember when, I think it was this week's, and we, or next, last week's. It was, because we feel all the feelings, and we don't know how to deal with these feelings, we turn to shame. We feel the shame. We say we aren't good enough. We're not worthy enough. We go back to that first statement. I'm going to fail. Something is wrong with me. 
we feel shameful. And we have seen shame used as a weapon in this world. And so in underneath that shame that we've practiced for so long because people use it to control behavior, our parents used it to get us to do things. I mean, like schools use shame. It is a well-used, well-oiled machine. I read a book, The Other Half of Church, and they used shame. They wanted to reframe shame to use it in healthy ways, to get people to see the error of their ways. And I, I don't always agree with the books I read. And I was whoo, blown away. I think they were using it in, in a, I, I think they weren't using the word shame in the right way. <laughs> in my opinion. It really rubbed me the wrong way. But I know that when we decide, we feel the feelings of shame and we turn to blame. That's the premise of, of the podcast and the video. We turn to blame because that's like the release valve. We're going to blame others. We're going to blame ourselves because we feel, we can't feel the shame. We don't know what to do with the shame. So we can just turn it. It's easier to turn it externally. But some of us, are really good at, about turning that shame internal. And what is the antidote? The antidote is love. The antidote really is acceptance. And that's why I was so taken by um, my training in acceptance and commitment therapy. Because it teaches you that we need to accept not only us, for all of us, but all of our emotions. We accept those feelings of shame. The antidote is to accept it and see it and embrace it and say, yes, of course I'm feeling this way because of my past experiences, because of my life, because of all that I've been taught. This is my go-to emotion. Instead of what, again, trying to force against it to say, oh, not on my watch am I feeling the shame. So the antidote and really, it also goes back to reframing our thoughts, right? We cannot change, transform a thought or shame, a feeling, an emotion, if we are unwilling to confront it, to acknowledge it, to say, here it is, to accept it. And the true work says that we are given these emotions, these thoughts, we are given the full range of emotions and we get to choose what we make of those. We need the shame. We need the joy. We're going to feel those. We're going to feel the embarrassment and the failure. We're going to feel the courage. Because if we decide that the antidote is to cut, shut it down and cut it off, we're going to cut off all the other emotions that we don't want to have because we're afraid of having them. You're not, you're of course going to believe what I'm going to say next. Is that the antidote to shame is yes, acceptance, but it's really courage. It's having the courage to face every emotion head on, having the courage to confront and be honest and to say to yourself what is really happening in this moment. And that's sweet friends. That is the power. That is the transformation. That is the grace. And that is the love in the moment and every moment.
my dear friends, how are you going to confront your emotional experience in life? What do you do with that shame? You first say welcome. You put out that welcome mat. We're going to newsflash. We're talking about that in the Feel Better Challenge. So I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. And I'm five minutes over. But I want you to hear each of you to hear me on this. Oh, I cannot combat negative thoughts and emotions with more negativity. Amen. And we have been told that the way to change is through beating ourselves up through saying, you're not trying hard enough. You lack self-discipline. You lack willpower. Try harder. Does it work with kids? You may think it does, but it doesn't. Newsflash, I learned how to train rats in graduate school to learn this principle. I mean, obviously, and other behavioral modification principles. But we could not hit, we could not shock the rat. And then we had to go into classrooms and work with adults and shape behavior through positive reinforcement. But our society didn't get the memo, didn't get the message. We have people out there not fully understanding the work, the brilliant work from psychology and they, they are well-meaning and well-intentioned but don't fully understand the process. And so they are using shame and blame to get you to change. And that will never work. It will never last. Acceptance is the path. You can only change what you accept. I always say this. It's like um, you have lots of um, you have lots of emotions and you want to put another emotion over on top of it. You have the blame, the shame. And you're like, just do it. Just feel better. And you still, you will still have those painful, negative emotions underneath it. The work is uncovering them, bringing them to light and saying, thank you, next. Goodbye. That's the real work. Okay. <gasps> thank you all. I love this. I would do this, truly. Well, I'm going to do it next week, every day for nine days in 30 minutes. That's all I get. I mean, let's be clear, it'll probably be an hour because I mean, how can I not? And my problem is trying to teach everybody everything. I have so many tools in um, our cognitive. I was I was in this cognitive behavioral training and there we have 50 tools, people. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. And what I do in the Courageous Life Society is I embed them without you realizing it. And in my one-on-one -on -one coaching, I'm like, but sometimes I'll tell people. I'll just be like, hey, got this. Okay, love you all. I will see you very, very soon. Um, and let me know if you have any questions for next week. XO, now comes the hard part of trying to end the videos uh, because I forget every time.
And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicastong.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one coaching. Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.